everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again, to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. Today is a Kelly O Solo Show and I am going to get right to the point. Today I'm talking about some of the very tactical and practical tips that Steve and I are implementing in our world and and they're really simple common sense tips for how to really be aware of how much food you're eating, how to allow yourself to eat what you want when you're on your fitness journey. Enjoy good food, enjoy adult beverages, keep that balance. Keep keep yourself in a brain mode where you don't feel like, "Oh my god, I'm going to die if I don't have normal food," or "Oh my god, I'm going to, you know, die if I can't just have a margarita or something." Historically, most people, when they've been losing weight, that's the mindset that they've been in if they've been on a fitness journey. Um, and what I want to share with you is, you know, in in several different phases, and probably a lot of this started in December uh, or the end of last year when I first discovered Jordan Syatt and started applying his caloric deficit principles and realized, like, wow, here I am over the holidays, and I'm a, I'm finding ways that I can have you know, some Christmas cookies or eggnog or, you know, the alcoholic beverages that I want, but still stay on point with my diet and not feel like it's all or nothing. That's what I want to talk to you about today, because there's several areas where, again, this has kind of happened in layers with me, layers of awareness where, you know, first I start applying caloric deficit. That makes me realize how even though, yeah, I've been eating healthy foods and I'm one of those people that would always say, golly, how can I eat so healthy and work out all the time? And I'm, I'm just stuck at a plateau. Let's do a little sidebar here. When you're not under the age of 20, when you're anywhere over at this point, let's just say 22, like once you're past college. And for some people, let's get real weight gain and, and hormones change that can start as early as 18. I mean, it, it, it really is happening considerably younger in, in men and women. So 
once you're past the age, let's just say 25, let's just use that as a random, you know, it really becomes more challenging with each passing year if you change nothing and if you don't make fitness and diet and health a, a priority. It's, it becomes more challenging to not just slowly but surely get more and more out of shape, slowly but surely gain weight and, and look and feel run down, haggard, overweight, unattractive. I mean, it, it is what it is. Okay. So when I tell you what I just said a second ago, which is so many of us can go, golly, why is it that I'm eating so healthy and I'm working out all the time and I'm just not getting anywhere? If you're stuck in a plateau, like, and that's pretty much been my challenge for the past, I'm just going to estimate three to five years. You know, I, I make, there's been periods of time, you know, uh, half a year here, nine months here, and I, I start making really great progress. And then I've had some kind of major life hiccup, like having nine months of chronic migraines and can't work, can't work out or, you know, this, that, or the other. There's been a lot of ups and downs in my life, but truly most of my challenge that the things that I bitch about is, is just that I feel like I put a lot of effort into eating healthy foods, focusing on, you know, being aware of what I eat and working out. And I kind of just tend to stay in the same place. The truth is at my age to be 51 with a good amount of hormonal imbalance, hypothyroidism, low cortisol, um, testosterone issues um, that we're still working on. And, and actually a lot of, if you go back, I'll link up to it. I did a um, recent episode where I updated you guys on my most recent blood work. And of course, I encourage you guys, if you're not getting comprehensive blood work, get on that train. I will link up uh, to our friends at Alta Lab Test. They're available all over the country. You can go and start getting some detailed hormone palette panels so you can start understanding what is, you know, out completely out of balance in your body. And that's where you can, you can fix it over time. So I am very confident that number one, I am being far more proactive and collaborative with my doctor versus just going and saying, tell me what to do, taking his recommendations and just doing the bare minimum. I am now doing a lot of aggressive research on my own. Like I'm the one that went back to him recently and said, what about iodine? How about supplementing with iodine? I understand that that could be really good. And he's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, frankly, I think it's upon us to, to be that way, to, to bring ideas to our doctor versus expecting them to, with all the patients that they take care of, come up with all of the ideas in a perfect world. Yes. They would be able to think about us and only us, but that's not the way it works. So do some research on your own, bring your ideas to your doctor, ask him how he feels about this treatment or that treatment or what you read in this book. That's how you make more progress versus just taking the bare minimum of what he or she might dose out to you. So again, back to what I was saying, considering I have all of those issues and I'm 51 years old, um, the fact that my biggest problem is, hey, I'm right now about 18 pounds over my what I think is my ideal weight. Now, my ultimate weight might end up being higher than I think, but but I also just know realistically, anybody who would stand in front of me if I was in a bikini, I would be able to show you the areas where I'm holding extra fat and you would probably be surprised. You would probably be like, oh, wow, you know, I you don't look that way on Instagram, but it's there. And then you would understand like, 
I don't want that. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking to get rid of. Okay. So the fact that that's my biggest problem that I'm about 18 pounds over where I want to be. And I mean, that's like my optimal weight. My biggest problem is I'm, I've got some good muscle. I'm, I'm now that I'm working out again, um, after missing all that time last year, I'm really taking advantage of muscle memory. I can see muscles starting to pop again. If that's my biggest problem, I don't have a lot to complain about. But still, you guys know the reason that I have a whole podcast about this. My fitness goals are important to me. My um, being able to, to get my body to a state of optimal health is important to me. Leading by example for all of you is important to me. Showing other women that this is possible, that you can get into the best shape of your life. I absolutely believe it in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond is important to me. So I'm giving it all I've got. And again, I have had, you know, for the past six to nine months now, just a series of minor, because revelations is kind of an extreme word, a series of minor revelations where I'm like, wow, you know, realizing how I've extreme dieted, realizing the binge mindset, realizing how when you just wing it with your food, you really have no idea how much or how little you're eating. When you wing it with your food and you're not recording it in a MyFitnessPal or in a notebook, you you don't know where your macros are at. You might think, well, yeah, I'm getting plenty of protein. But you know, one of the first things that happened when I started tracking my macros, in addition to just my caloric load, is I realized like I was really average on protein, very high on carbs, and sometimes way too high on fat. Um, so ultimately, the first thing, as Jordan Syatt says, that's most important is your caloric load. And the second most important thing, of course, is going to be macros. And then when you have situations like me, and I do encourage so many of you, um, there's two women on these topics that, and and one of them I've hired to be my trainer, Alex Mazurko, but another one is Lori Christine King. Um, These two women, and I'll link up to them in the show notes, are women who have an obscene amount of knowledge. I've interviewed both of them on this podcast, so we'll link up to those podcast interviews in the show notes as well. But they really have just an insane amount of knowledge and personal experience in understanding what happens when women like myself, like them, have this this history. And for those two, they had it both in their 20s. So this isn't this kind of like when your hormones and your adrenals can get jacked and your metabolism just decides to sit down and take it easy for a while. That that's an actual real thing, probably more real than than I even realized. Um, and the two of them have quite a lot of experience in fixing themselves and in fixing clients that that pay them to help them, pay, or, you know, retain them as their trainers. So I encourage you to start tuning into them because the messaging and the education that they put out around these these topics of you know, you've got to be aware of how much you've been putting your body through in the past, the extreme dieting, the overtraining, the never ending assault on your body and your mind of physical and emotional stress. All of these things 
definitely need to be taken into account and dealt with. And, and, and that's a lot of what you'll hear as Alex and I start our series. I'm going to be interviewing her, talking about my journey, but really sharing a lot of lessons that will probably apply to a lot of you, you know, asking about like what happens when you overtrain and undereat for years and your body starts to break down. What does that look like? What does that feel like? How do you start to address it? You know, why does it take so long? All the, all that kind of stuff. So we'll be addressing that. Okay. Um, and again, I, I encourage you a listen to the two podcast interviews I did with them and I hope to have both of them. Well, Alex and I are going to do a series, so she'll, she'll for sure be back on the show. And I know Lori said that she would come back on the show as well, but definitely follow them and gobble up everything they have. Can't recommend hiring either one of them enough. So back to what I was saying. Started applying Jordan Syatt's caloric uh, deficit stuff. And then, as you know, I've hired Alex recently because um, after I was able to get back to working out, you guys, I I saw the neurologist the end of um, January. She made me better. Um, I was able to function again. And so I started easing my way back into working out in February by the end of March, I think I was up to four or five days a week at 30 minutes. So again, not anywhere near the kind of training I was doing before. I mean, I'm used to anywhere from four to six days a week of really solid training. And and usually, frankly, uh, uh, probably a good amount of extra cardio that I didn't need to be doing because I was impatient. Um, but anyway, I took February and March to ease my way back into it. I'm on uh, medication that helps prevent migraines, but it's actually designed to lower blood pressure. So I had to be very careful when I started working out again to avoid getting lightheaded and dizzy. And I'm sharing all this with you because all the time I couldn't work out in those six or nine months, I had chronic headaches and migraines. I lost cardio capacity. I lost muscles. I lost muscle. I lost muscle strength. I lost endurance. I lost just, I had to start with baby steps. Let me just tell you, that was not fun to, to start again and feel fluffy, feel weak, feel like I couldn't do workouts I used to fly through. Um, but I had to just hunker down and do it. So I did it. And, and now most recently, you know, it, it's just been this continuing evolution because I, and I've shared this before in recent episodes, I'm realizing how important it is for us to focus on self-awareness in the context of our fitness journey, because there's so many things we're not paying attention to, you know, like for me, I wasn't paying attention to how, how much the headache situation was just building and building and building in my life. And because I kept ignoring it and just, you know, medicating, to, to get rid of the inconvenience of headaches. I wasn't paying attention to what was causing it. I wasn't paying attention to how much stress I was under. And I ended up, it's almost like God will just put the brakes on you and go, girl, seriously, what's wrong with you? Now, if you won't, if you won't make yourself sit down, if you won't take care of yourself, I'll do it for you. And, you know, I was benched, couldn't do anything. So even as I've been coming back, I've become self-aware to realize a lot of habits and practices or things that I've let slip in my life previously that because you're not tuned into yourself, because you're not making yourself a priority, because you're just going through life on 
autopilot or in reactive mode, that's when your life and your body will start to go off the rails. And it's very easy to do when we have busy work lives, busy marriages, relationships. We've got kids all over the place. I mean, I can't even imagine you people with kids because I've never had them and my life is swamped. But very easy to lose track of your life. And and this self-awareness attitude that I've had has made me come to some discoveries. Um, You know, the first one was the caloric deficit, like, not realizing I had had this attitude before of, I'm a fitness person, I'm a fitness fanatic, I know what food is good and what's bad, I know what I'm doing. Once I started writing down my calories, I realized I was probably eating far more or far less. I was one extreme or the other. And those two extremes blended together were not a good combination. I had no consistency in my life. So that was realization number one. And, and then I started working out again. Um, I was training and, and as I progressed and got better this year and stronger, my old attitude came back. My old attitude of, I am 20 pounds overweight. I'm 20 pounds heavier than I want to be. And I want to fix it as soon as possible. So I'm going to add more cardio. I'm going to train harder. And every day I got up, my, my brain was in this, how can I add in more training and how can I maybe tighten up and fast. You guys that were watching me probably saw this mindset coming in. I was like, I'm going to add in two 24 hour fasts. I'm going to do this. I'm going to add in more cardio. That's the way my brain works. And that's the way a lot of our female brains work. We're not where we want to be. We're not feeling like that the efforts that we're making are getting us there. So we think, okay, not doing enough cardio. I'll add some more cardio. Okay. That's not working let me pull back the reins on my eating. So what we're doing is just torturing ourselves. because think about it. Would you do that to someone you care about? Say, you know, if they're like, if that was your child and your child was 10 pounds overweight, would you say, look at you? I can't believe you still haven't lost that 10 pounds. You know what? I'm not going to let you eat dinner. You're not going to eat dinner. And then I want you to go outside and run. And I know you're tired, but I want you to go outside and run. Think about that from that perspective. When you put it in that perspective, in that like analogy, no parent would ever, no, no parent that really cares about their kid would ever treat their kid that way, right? Would ever run that kid into the ground, would ever say, you know what? You're skip breakfast. I don't want you to have breakfast. You are not losing weight fast enough. I, I want you to do this and no more treats. You can't have any treats. You can't have any fun. You can't have any, um, milkshakes, no cookies, nothing for you. And I want you to go out and run around the block every morning before school. Most parents would say, looks like you need rest. You need to get some sleep. You need to eat more. You need some energy, like common sense, but we don't do that with ourselves. So some of the most recent things are some of the most simple common sense tips. And I truly believe that so much of getting fit is common sense that we've forgotten. But I will tell you that these simple things that Steve and I have most recently been implementing, they're making such a huge difference. And we are being accountable to one another with it. And we just feel, we feel really good. We feel better versus there would be a lot of times over the weekends because he's on a, he's on a path, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. He wants to lose, I think, 10. Um, and and so we would get to the end of the weekend and we would have, you know, gone out, 
to dinner two or three times, right? And and had some alcohol or whatever, he'd weigh himself like Tuesday and be all frustrated because the scale would be up. And then he would feel guilty about like, oh, maybe it's because I'm having a beer during the week. Maybe it's because of this, you know, and he was kind of guessing and I was, you know, kind of guessing. I'm like, how many, how much alcohol have I had? Was I having drinks two nights a week, three nights a week? You know, in COVID, I think we all started drinking a lot more. But um, we started to, when we were going out, realize that I think really the first thing that brought this to our attention was we were constantly bringing home a lot of food. You know, we'd go to these nice steakhouses or a sushi place and we'd bring home a lot of food. And I'd been reading in Dr. Becky Campbell's books about how leftover food can cause a histamine response and people like me should probably avoid it. So I started noticing like we're bringing home all this food and then we wouldn't eat it. You know, he and I are not really fans of heated up food. So then we started going out to restaurants and we would some, like if we would order an appetizer, we would split an entree because we started to, you know, when this was coinciding with me tracking my macros and becoming aware of that fact that you can't just say, oh, steak is healthy. Steak is a protein. I'm eating steak and a baked potato and broccoli. So that's a healthy meal. That's good for me. It's okay for me to have that. Well, there's a whole layer there that we need to be aware of, right? You can't just say a steak because a steak at a restaurant can be 16 to 32 ounces. The average portion size for a woman would be four to six ounces. So he and I started to pay attention because I was counting my calories even more closely about like, whoa, if I had this 16 ounce steak and I would like look it up on my fitness pal, I was there. I'm like, oh my God. I said, that 16 ounce steak is enough for me to have four ounces, you babe, to have six to eight ounces. And then there's still, there's still a whole serving left over. There's like three servings in one meal. And then, you know, baked potato, baked potato comes out. If you're at Ruth Chris's, God bless them. You know, it's like the size of half my ass. It's this huge baked potato. So we really became aware of like, cause, cause him and I, we, we would go to a steakhouse and go, Oh, and, and even if we were splitting, we'd split a steak and we'd say, well, let's do this. Let's get two side dishes. And you know how those steak places are Brussels sprouts, asparagus. So we'd order the good stuff, right? We'd order the vegetables, but let's be real. Even those vegetables are, unless you ask for steamed or roasted, they're cooked in butter. So they come out and and then when we would go out to a restaurant, we would typically have that mindset of, well, it's date night, so I'm going to have some bread. And I was trying to not label food as good or bad, right? So I would have some bread. I'd be having an adult beverage, a cocktail. Um, and then we'd, you know, we'd split food, but we'd still order too much. And we ended up just feeling really full. And there were a lot of times where we would come home <laughs> and we would just be like, we need to just watch a movie and digest. And that's like, the first thing we noticed was just a feeling of that shouldn't be the feeling after a meal, like being so full that you're almost uncomfortable. And please understand, like, I'm not saying we were going out and binging and gorging. I'm just saying like in, in our country, it is very easy. And this is kind of the second layer of what I want to say here. These common sense tips a lot of us just eat way too fast. We eat and don't give our body enough time to tell us that we're full and we're satisfied. 
I think a lot of us on that note grew up in an environment where we were told to clean our plate, finish our plate, don't waste food, there's starving kids in Africa, yada, yada, yada. So we think that we have to finish everything. Layer number three in this subcategory, right, is if you've been in this extreme dieting mindset and you go out to eat, sometimes you can get into that that thought process like I have where you're like, okay, I'm out to eat with my man. This is a treat. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to enjoy myself because I've given myself permission to have this fun meal. So if I want to have bread, I'm going to have bread. And if I want to have alcohol, I'm going to have alcohol. But you almost get into that last supper mindset with a quote unquote cheat meal. So I am not one of those people who's like, don't say cheat meal. It's call it what you want. I call it cheat meal. Like there's a difference between if I'm going through a Taco Bell drive-thru and I order two, this used to be one of my favorites in college, two chicken soft tacos fresco style. Um, each one I'm pretty sure is 170 calories. I used to know that by heart. That's a yummy meal, but it's also what I'm calling, I'm focusing on being healthy, making healthy choices. When I go to a restaurant and I decide I'm going to have a burger, I'm not necessarily going to go, okay, I want to have my burger, but I want to have no bun. And I want to try to use my paper towel and soak off the oil and no cheese and no mayo and no toppings. Like if I'm going to have a burger, I'm going to have a burger. That's one way of letting yourself have a quote unquote cheat meal and enjoying it. But what I'm starting to realize is instead of telling yourself, I'm going to go and Steve and I go to this great place. It's called Grill 254. They have the best burgers, in our opinion, in San Antonio. And I used to have this mindset of, well, I'm having a burger today because I don't normally have burgers during the week, right? So if I'm going to have a burger, I'm going to go balls to the wall. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to have the burger. And I remember that there were a couple of times earlier in the year that we'd get ready to to go and Steve would say, do you want to go and split a burger with me? And I would look at him like he was crazy. But ladies, I know so many of you are going to write me or reach out to me after this and say that I'm speaking to the truth. This is where men and women are, are different. If men decide, typically, if men decide that they're going to like start tightening their belt and watching it, like they say, I want to lose 10 pounds, they'll just say to themselves, well, I'm not going to drink beer during the week. And they just do it. They're not emotional and and as dramatic as we are. And if they say, oh, I, I just don't like, I'm carrying some extra weight, like they'll do that. Maybe, maybe not all of them will say, do you want to split a burger? But anyway, it was easier for Steve to just make those small accommodations. I think women, myself included, are more all or nothing. We're like, let's diet hard all week and then go for a cheat meal. And when we go for a cheat meal, it's balls to the wall. Like I used to go, my friend Wendy and I, God rest her soul, used to go to Olive Garden on our cheat meals. And we would order a big, big basket, each one of us of breadsticks. And each one of us would order a big boat of Alfredo sauce and marinara sauce. And we would eat the whole basket of breadsticks, each one of us dipped in marinara and Alfredo sauce. That alone is probably like 2000 calories right there. But we would almost gorge ourselves because it was that last supper mentality. So let me tie this back to a different way of looking at things because you will get to enjoy food and not let it have so much power over you. If you say, 
What I'm not saying to you is let yourself have a burger whenever you want. Not that that's bad. I'm not saying that that's bad. But for me, like if I say, hey, babe, let's go out to Grill 254 this Saturday, um, I think about my macros and, and, and I'm going to fit it in. And instead of looking at things as like, this is a good meal, I'm on track, or it's a cheap meal, and I'm not tracking anything, and I'm just going to eat it all up and gobble it all up, and I'm going to have the fries, and I'm going to eat the whole thing because I want the whole thing. Take a step back and like tell yourself, I'm going to cut this burger in half. I'm going to have some fries. I'm going to have half the burger and see how I feel. Like Make it an option because I'm telling you ladies, and of course this applies to the men too, if you really start testing out doing two simple things, slowing down when you eat, and I mean really proactively slowing down. Steve and I will sit down to eat dinner and we'll be eating like our yummy fish tacos that we're obsessed with. And I get through like the first one with my um, Siete Foods cashew tortillas, you know, like I've measured my food and everything, but still, even though I've measured everything, it's a healthy meal. I know it fits in my macros. Does that mean I have to eat it all? It's, I really think it's important for us to start training our bodies and our minds to be aware of what's normal for our bodies and our minds. Like what, when is our body naturally full? So I'll eat like my first taco and then I leave the second one on my plate and then I sit back and we'll be watching TV. We have these cute little TV tables. It's just this thing we do. And sometimes he'll look back, he'll go, are you full? And I'm saying, no, I'm just going to sit still for a minute and see how my stomach feels. And he's like, oh, good. You know, like we're holding each other accountable on this eating slower thing. He'll do the same thing, you know, and I'll notice that like quite often now when we eat, you know, he might have like in that case, half of his last taco left and he'll go, you know what? I'm good. And, and we take it to the counter. We'll watch the rest of our show. We clean up the kitchen later, but we don't go and finish it just because it's there. It's really easy for a lot of us to finish something just because it's there. And those are the times when we, even if we've accounted for those macros, people, don't get yourself into this regular mindset of thinking like food is this ultimate all or nothing thing. I think that that's what happens. A lot of us women who have been dieting and extreme dieting for so long we are in this scarcity, really just like a scarcity mindset around food. And we think like every time we have a burger or a piece of pizza, it's like the last supper. And so what happens is we tend to think, well, this is a cheat meal and this is the last time I'm going to have it. So I might as well really enjoy this. And we eat more than we really, than our bodies really want, where if we just chill the hell out and say, you know what, I'm going to enjoy some pizza. This isn't a cheat meal. I'm going to have pizza a lot more times. This isn't like I have to say, oh my God, I just had carbs and cheese and fat and I can't, I'm not going to be able to have it for three more months. Like that's stupid. If you want pizza, have pizza. Don't have it every week. Don't have it six times a week. But like the last time he and I ordered pizza, we ordered this Neapolitan pizza. We ordered with the toppings that we wanted and I had three reasonably sized square pieces. Mentally, I wanted to just keep eating. I It was so good. And it's not something I keep in the refrigerator every day is pizza. 
I wanted to have three more pieces, but I was pleasantly full. I had allowed myself to enjoy something. And so Steve had his serving. I asked him if he wanted, he stopped at a reasonable time because we were holding each other accountable. Both of us mentally wanted more. And that's where that self-awareness comes in. People force yourself to be self-aware, have an accountability partner to say, I, I want to be accountable to you. Hopefully it's somebody in your house. That's ideal. But you know, you can do this with a friend um, and, and be accountable long distance, if you will. But it, it really is good to have that accountability to be able to say like, when we're eating treats, when we're eating food that we've denied ourselves for potentially years, years and years, and maybe for some of us, we've been dieting for decades, right? We're still going to, it's going to take a while before we calm down about things. It's, it's going to take a while before we, we don't look at a cheeseburger and go, oh my God, that's like this thing I've never been allowed to have. It's a Christmas present. I'm not supposed to open it up, you know, just chill out. And so when Steve and I go out now, like if, if we know we're going to go out on a Friday night and I'll make the reservation or he'll make the reservation Friday night, I look ahead and I say, okay, here's what's going down Friday night. We're going to go to Perry's and I will look up on the menu. What do I, what do I plan to have? And I'll give you an example of what we did last week. So considering I now know, and, and this is just the more calm, proactive way I approach eating now. And I'm approaching eating on a quote unquote cheat meal the same way I approach eating on a day-to-day basis. I enjoy every single thing I eat. I really do. I can't think of a meal that is like the meals of the past that used to be plain grilled chicken or plain tilapia that was steamed with plain steamed broccoli and, you know, the bro science diet, right? So I approach a, a day where I'm having maybe it's a refeed day with, with Alex's team. They call it a refeed day. You get some extra carbs and extra fat calories. So I would look at, and this is what I did last Friday. We're going to Perry's. I know I'm going to have blueberry martinis. Now, in this case, I actually ended up being a little bit way too high on carbs. Um, and, and this is where I'm working on balancing that. But because I know, generally speaking, that the past three weeks and probably before that, I have been way too heavy on carbs in my diet. When we go out to eat, I no longer have bread when they bring the bread out. I used to say, hey, I'm out for dinner. I'm going to have one slice of bread and butter. And there's nothing wrong with that, you guys. This is more about making strategic choices. If I know I'm going to drink and have the carbs from the alcohol, I personally would rather have the carbs from the alcohol. So I make that cognizant choice. I make the choice. I want to spend my calories on alcohol. I do. I like, I like alcohol. I like blueberry martinis, blueberry cucumber martinis. So I planned to have a wedge salad and I typically will only have half of a wedge salad because when I'm eating slow and if I have alcohol, I tend to eat less. I do. And then Steve ordered this big, um, serving of, blackened redfish on one of those um, plank things. And I had about, you know, my guesstimate was about three ounces of that. So I had some of his protein. I had my wedge salad. He had the other half of my wedge salad. I skipped the bread. We didn't have dessert. I had my alcohol and the rest of the day balanced that out. Now I I will tell you because I ended up, the truth is I had three 
blueberry cucumber martinis last last Friday. So that was a lot of carbs. Um, I think I ended up being heavier on my carbs that Friday and, and I had not gotten enough protein earlier in the day. So I learned my lesson, but do you see what I'm saying? Like we went out and had a great time. We had a delicious meal, but we didn't binge. We didn't leave there. And we were walking. I remember we were walking from our car to our apartment and we're like, I just feel good. I don't feel full. I don't feel like, oh my God, I want to go home and take this tight dress off. We've all felt that way. Like, why would we want to eat to the place where we feel uncomfortable physically first? Because you know, if you do that, what's going to come next is you're mentally going to be uncomfortable. You're going to feel guilt and shame. If we take the time to do some of these very simple things I've just told you at the end part of the show, slow down when you eat. If you eat at the counter, if you eat at your desk, start giving yourself permission to have a 15-minute break at work and sit down or go out to eat. Slow the hell down. Look at your cheat meals, if that's what you call them differently. Look at your indulgent meals and say, you know what? I'm going to have a cheeseburger and I'm going to, you know, if we're going to go to our sports bar, I might order, you know, the wings that we have and the tater tots, but eat slower and If I end up eating like four boneless wings and maybe, I don't know, eight tater tots, whereas before when I had that, oh my God, this is a cheat meal. I've got to eat all I can because I'm not going to let myself take anything home and I've got to get as much in in this short window of time. Ladies, you know how that diet mindset works, that last supper mindset works. When you slow down, you will feel better. You're not going to feel full. You're not going to have as much shame and you're not going to put as much like crazy value on obsessing about that food because you know you can have it anytime. It has made us feel so much better and get so much more comfortable about our eating. And we are both seeing results. It has really been helping us because I think there's a lot of times, particularly over the weekends for a lot of us, that when we do this, when we go out for cheat meals, we get into almost a gorge mindset. A, a shove it all in our mouth and go before our little cheat window is is open. And sometimes the the whole intermittent fasting situation that a lot of us are doing, and nothing against it. I've done it for years. I'm not currently doing intermittent fasting, really. Um, it can get you into that. Oh my god, I'm in my window. I've got to eat in my window, and and I've got to get everything I can into that window. Or people that have just a cheat meal. Um, I'm diet, 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 diet. I'm in deny, deny, deny deny and diet, deny and diet, and then cheat meal, binge, 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 binge. And then it's miserable. Don't do that to yourself. I hope this was helpful. I have to hop. Enjoy the show. Tell your friends, give us a review. I love you guys. I'll see you next time on the Kelly O Show.